he's back here and I'm really, really, really happy. Ramesh Nair is CEO of India and MD Market Development Asia at Colliers and Minding My Business, the CEO story powered by Nucleus Office Parks is underway in season three. Ramesh, I'm always happy to see you as always naturally dressed can I add. <laughs> Great to be back on your show, Varish. Wonderful. Ramesh, it's been uh, an eventful sum uh, if you look at uh, whatever's been happening COVID and then post-COVID. But the beauty is that office is showing a lot of resilience. And I believe office leasing is up almost three times to 14.7 million square feet in Q2 of 2022. You must be very happy. <laughs> uh, Rishi, that is uh, Q2 numbers. Uh, what's happened till Q3 now, we have actually seen uh, office absorption double. Uh, last year in the first three quarters, we saw office absorption at 20 million square feet. And this year, uh, we've seen that 20 million become uh, 40 million square feet. So we are headed for a record year in terms of office uh, leasing. All this is uh, mainly because of uh, the pent-up demand. A lot of companies uh, went slow uh, in decision-making in 2020 and 2021. All of them are coming back, taking quicker decisions and uh, looking at more space. So that's driving the office space market. That's wonderful. Uh, do you think that recession in the U.S. will impact U.S.-based corporations, IT spending, and the whole IT outsourcing industry, Ramesh? So it's very important to look at uh, the U.S. Uh, recession in itself. Uh, U.S. has a recession once every five to six years. Uh, we hear about it uh, all the time. And a recession typically in the U.S. Uh, also lasts maybe around 10 to 11 months uh, on an average. One thing we need to be worried about uh, is 50% uh, of our office take-up is uh, by IT companies and 60% of uh, the IT company's business comes from American uh, corporations. So that's something we definitely need to think about. But on the other side, there are close to 1400 global capability centers already in India. 1400 companies who have their global capability centers uh, employing uh, nearly one and a half million people in the country. And that sector is definitely growing. So if there is wage pressures uh, in the US, uh, in Europe, uh, those people will definitely uh, look more at more jobs uh, in India, which will uh, obviously have uh, a positive impact uh, on uh, the office market uh, in the country. Yeah, you actually segued very beautifully into my next question, which is at the other end of the spectrum, there are inflation-led wage hike pressures in the US, in Europe. But let me be a little more pointed. Is that leading to more IT jobs in India? See, the typical worry, Rishi, is uh, India will lose out to uh, competition. Now, what's our competition? Philippines, East, East Europe, Ireland. Uh, none of them have the kind of numbers you're talking about. We produce like six to seven million uh, graduates uh, every year, graduates, uh, more than a million plus uh, engineers. So availability of ready talent, experienced talent, availability of new talent, availability of low cost uh, talent, In even today, in spite of uh, salaries in India have, go uh, have gone up so much over the years, uh, our overall salary costs, uh, even compared to a Singapore or to a US, is around 20-25% if you want to set up a 100 member IT team. So previously it used to be uh, typical back-end operations. Today there is so much of high-end uh, knowledge work which is happening uh, in the country. So I'm very very bullish if there is cost pressures in the US. I think there will be American corporations, well-run American corporations uh, who want to outsource more work uh, to India and create more global capability centers in the country. So I think it will help India overall. Are unicorns demanding more office space? Or was that something that we just saw happen in July and that died down, Ramesh? And if so, which city leads the market? 
So last year in 2021, we saw nearly 46 uh, unicorns uh, coming up uh, in India. That's uh, slowed down uh, this year. There's not that kind of uh, funding which is happening uh, in, in the unicorn world uh, now. Bangalore definitely uh, is the city which scores uh, highest, uh, followed by uh, Mumbai and uh, Delhi. Uh, unicorn demand uh, as of last year, we had seen that was up uh, 77%. If you look at all the startups and how much of space unicorns take from that, that's only 11%. So uh, it's not something of a big market mover as such uh, for the office market. Wonderful. Some interesting insights on real estate and what really has happening as far as uh, that sector is concerned. Now, we talked about the US, we talked about Europe. We talked about how that is affecting office space in India. And according to Colliers, office leasing is up 97% in Jan to September in six cities, Ramesh. What are the chances of hitting, it hitting record numbers further? You already said some records have been broken. Is this spurt in leasing also because of that vital spillover in demand uh, from the last two years? You mentioned it very briefly, but I want to get into the details of it. So what's been uh, happening, uh, Rishi, is uh, in the first six, uh, nine months, uh, I spoke about how uh, office space demand has uh, already crossed 40 million square feet. In the last quarter, we expected to at least touch 8-9 million square feet. So it will be around 48 to 50 million, which means it's going to be uh, definitely a record year. But like you said, and like I mentioned earlier, there is definitely that uh, pent-up spillover demand from 2020 and 21. But also many industries, uh, the tech industry is doing well, the flex industry is doing well, uh, fintech, consumer tech, edtech, um, pharma sector, all these sectors have uh, done reasonably well. So there's demand coming in from that. A lot of companies went and hired in 2020 and 21, and they were working from home. Today, they're trying to get them back to work. And when they're coming back to work, companies are realizing that I don't have enough space uh, where they can sit. So that's the sudden spurt of demand. So decisions are being taken a lot more quickly. Uh, and a lot of companies today are looking actually for more space than what they were looking before because of social distancing. They need to be giving more space to their employees. So that's what's driving the office space demand in the country. So would you say categorically that vacancy levels in office have also considerably reduced? And if you could pinpoint the absolute reason for that. So office space uh, vacancy pre-COVID was around 13%. Uh, during COVID, the 13% uh, went to the 19% mark and over the last uh, three quarters, so it was going up till the first quarter of this year. But since then, what we've seen is uh, vacancy levels uh, drop from that 19% to 16%. Still not as good as 12%, but a very healthy sign that vacancy levels are uh, dropping. What about new supply of office in the first nine to 10 months of 2022, uh, Ramesh? Uh, what are your numbers as far as that is concerned? So we've seen uh, close to 32 million square feet of uh, supply coming up. So 32 million square feet of supply and 40 million square feet of demand, which is, uh, so supply is keeping in line uh, with demand, which is a very uh, healthy uh, sign. But a couple of challenges also for supply. We've seen uh, construction costs uh, go up. Uh, over the last five, six months, uh, we've seen interest costs uh, go up. So I believe with construction costs going up, uh, with some of the supply chain disruptions still happening from uh, China, and with interest costs uh, going up, I feel next year, uh, supply uh, would kind of uh, slow down a little bit, uh, which could obviously have an impact uh, on uh, increasing rentals. What about REITs, Ramesh? Despite the uncertainty surrounding them, how have they done? And going forward, do you think office REITs will grow? And your thoughts on industrial and retail REITs? 
So very bullish on uh, office REITs. We have uh, three uh, REITs uh, in the country. Uh, very good uh, sponsors, global uh, and top class Indian uh, sponsors. Uh, but look at the REIT market in the country. Uh, market cap is uh, around seven to eight uh, billion dollars only. If you look at the overall REIT market globally. It's a two trillion dollar uh, asset class. Uh, look at the global two trillion versus seven eight billion uh, in India. So that's definitely an opportunity. If you look at performance of REITs, this year has been uh, very tough for the public uh, equity uh, markets. Uh, this year, you look at uh, since uh, YTD uh, uh, beginning of the year, I think uh, the equity markets have given maybe a two percent uh, return. But you look at the REITs, uh, most of them are given seven to eight uh, percent uh, return since uh, beginning of the year. Why? most bullish about uh, REITs is uh, the biggest worry people have when they invest in real estate is uh, liquidity uh, and that worry is taken care of uh, if you're investing in uh, REITs. Obviously, it has the advantages of uh, low uh, volatility and uh, predictability also which come uh, along with any uh, real estate uh, asset class. So overall, uh, very bullish. Uh, we'll, uh, I think in the next six months to 12 months, we would definitely see a retail REIT post which uh, I think maybe in 2024, we'll start seeing uh, companies looking at industrial REITs uh, in India. So Ramesh, India today is one of the fastest growing e-commerce and third party logistics market. And given that fact, how is the industrial and warehousing property market fared? And do you think demand will continue to rise? So the e-commerce has been uh, driving uh, the warehousing uh, demand. So the two sectors is 3PL and uh, e-commerce which uh, contributes to around 60% of the overall demand in the warehousing uh, market. What we are also seeing off late is uh, what we call uh, quick commerce, which is uh, delivery within that 15 minutes, which means uh, you also need in-city warehousing where uh, you can uh, deliver things uh, really fast to uh, households. On an average, uh, we see around 30 million square feet of uh, demand. I see that uh, numbers uh, only going up uh, over the next uh, two, three years. Uh, one challenge the industry is facing is, uh, again, the construction price increases. So uh, raw materials, the biggest raw material for building a warehouse is steel. And uh, steel prices have significantly gone up uh, over the last uh, one and a half, two years, which is also impacting the margins of the warehousing uh, sector but demand very steady and uh, stable what i also believe will help the sector is uh, the china plus one strategy of uh, a lot of manufacturing uh, companies across the world wanting to de-risk uh, their manufacturing having a second alternate base outside of china and india scores the best amongst all countries so i think that will also end up uh, driving uh, the warehousing market in the country Wonderful. Would you safely say that working from office is back as opposed to working from home, Ramesh? In that aspect, is infrastructure supporting an easier commute to office? So you look at around one and a half years back, last uh, May, June, uh, no, around five quarters back, re-entry rates to office was less than 5%. Today, that 5% has become around 45%. You look at uh, all across the country. The sector which is still not uh, come back is a lot of GCCs are still not pushing their uh, employees. There's this uh, fear that uh, if you push employees, uh, they may quit and join a competition. But off late, uh, what we hear from a lot of our clients, uh, they don't openly say that, moonlighting is becoming a big worry. Uh, moonlighting is where employees take multiple jobs. Uh, confidentiality related to moonlighting is becoming a big, huge worry. What we also hear from a lot of employees, we did a survey sometime back, where we realized that a lot of employees feel uh, loneliness uh, working from home is uh, increasing significantly uh, work friendships again uh, significantly down 
today companies have realized that you need an office to learn socialize uh, and connect more than ever before previously an organization would look at office because of growth issues uh, today they realize that you need an office not just for uh, accommodating employee growth but also the brand and the culture which is very important for uh, any uh, organization but my advice to companies uh, is uh, when you're doing an office uh, make it worthwhile for employees to uh, come back to just make sure that uh, that all the challenges associated with commute in cities like uh, Mumbai uh, is taken care of and make it worthwhile so that employees uh, feel like coming back to uh, work. That's a wonderful point. So what are the office locations to watch out for in Mumbai city? How is Parel in central Mumbai and of course BKC faring as of now? See, in Mumbai, you look at uh, all the micro markets uh, are doing reasonably well. Uh, I spoke about how the country absorption numbers have doubled. Uh, Mumbai also, the absorption numbers, uh, numbers are from 2.6 million gone to around 5 million square feet. That's also nearly uh, doubled. Uh, bullish on uh, most micro markets, the lower peril uh, micro market, the BKC, uh, Navi Mumbai, uh, Thane, all these micro markets are seeing very good demand. I have a very simple uh, thumb rule when it comes to Mumbai. If your buildings are good, you will uh, find uh, tenants even in a bad uh, bad market. Look at look at this building. Uh, the amount of upgrades this building has gone through uh, in the last uh, one year or so. Great landlord investing money upgrading the uh, asset and you're seeing uh, vacancy levels drop and occupancy levels uh, go up so if you are a good building if you're upgrading if you're retrofitting I think uh, demand automatically comes in. that's a very valid point that Ramesh is making we're talking about one international center where we're sitting as of now and we're broadcasting in that uh, to Ramesh is a prime example and to us too let's look at, at startups now how much office space are startups occupying in India, Ramesh? Do you think venture capitalists steering the development of startups and favorable government policies towards startups and the availability of a deeper talent pool mean that it will impact office space occupied by them? Definitely, uh, Rishi. So we've seen uh, the startup percentage uh, over a period increasing in the overall uh, by last two three months there has uh, been a little bit of uh, slowdown i think it's uh, a momentary blip before it uh, kind of comes up uh, again going back to the tech uh, talent look at the stem uh, graduates uh, we have in our country uh, no comparison to the rest of the world the government has been very proactive with regards to uh, their policies uh, to promote uh, startups startups uh, again like i mentioned bangalore is uh, the hub uh, followed by mumbai and uh, delhi one thing uh, we need to keep in mind for uh, startups is it's very important for developers to give spaces which uh, suit the needs of uh, startups when uh, they are targeting uh, startups to come into their projects yeah that's a, that's a wonderful segue in, into my next one which was what do landlords need to consider if they need to capture the real estate demand from startups? That's a very valid point. Anything you'd like to add to that? Two, three points there, uh, Rishi. One is uh, you need to give flexibility to uh, startup companies as a landlord because uh, startups' growth plans uh, are quite volatile. One day it's up, one day it's down. So that flexibility becomes uh, very important. Second is scalability. You get into a facility with 100 seats, uh, next month you need 200, third month you need 500. So giving that uh, uh, flexibility and uh, scalability is important. Third and most importantly, startups uh, attract a lot of Gen Z and uh, millennials. So how do you give uh, cool offices? Uh, again, becomes uh, very important when it comes to uh, startups. So these are the three things which developers need to keep in mind. We've just talk, uh, talked about unicorns, startups, their effect on office space, and also about what landlords need to consider. What about co-working and flex players now, Ramesh? How much are they occupying in India? What are you feeling towards the co-working space sector and flex players? So today, if you look at the overall market, around 14% uh, 
of uh, the office uh, space take up uh, is by co-working and uh, flex pairs that had dropped to around 6-7% during uh, COVID time so again we are looking at uh, record numbers uh, of space going to be taken by uh, co-working players uh, this year we have close to 3500 centers which have mushroomed uh, across uh, the country uh, the top 20 players are quite uh, strong i think there will be a definite consolidation uh, happening um, in the sector one big trend we have also seen in the co-working industry is we've seen them go to tier 2 cities uh, which was not there previously all of them were focused uh, on the top uh, six cities uh, i'm a big uh, believer of co-working because it gives uh, flexibility to uh, corporations uh, who don't want to commit to uh, capex and who don't want to commit to uh, longer, longer lock-in uh, period. So I think there would be a lot more space take up uh, in uh, by co-working players going forward. So hybrid working as a workspace strategy, how is that looking according to your entire research? So hybrid is here to stay. Uh, we did a survey amongst uh, 300 of our clients uh, a couple of months back uh, and we realized the most used format amongst hybrid these days could change in a few months uh, time is three days uh, working uh, from the office that was the format which more than 70 75 percent of the companies uh, were using terms like uh, TWT is mm. becoming uh, common Tuesday Wednesdays uh, Thursday getting people to come back to uh, work today people who went to work uh, in early uh, 2020 is very different from people uh, today what we have seen uh, Rishi is uh, your overall perspective towards work has changed uh, previously your identity used to be your work uh, today people are saying uh, that's just one of the things I do which is work which has led to the global uh, 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 great resignation uh, concept which we have all heard of so going back to that point companies need to make sure that that commute is uh, worth the trouble do offices uh, which have a lot of collab zones which is a lot of uh, digital uh, zones for employees which uh, where employees can come and learn socialize and connect and employees can uh, uh, collaborate with uh, each other so those are the things companies need to uh, look at but uh, hybrid uh, is uh, here to stay uh, going forward just dissecting it uh, microscopically what are the sectors that are the forefront of this hybrid working model that you just talked about and how many of them according to you are planning a portfolio expansion so around uh, close to our research show that at least 50% of the companies uh, have a hybrid strategy which has a flex component uh, to it. Uh, all the sectors which require uh, deep conversations, which require uh, brainstorming, uh, which requires uh, ideations, which require uh, selling, most of them have confidentiality. All these things uh, decide on what companies are actually coming back to uh, work versus companies. Uh, working back uh, from uh, homes so uh, depending most sectors today which there are those components uh, there could be some back office functions which can be uh, non-confidential back office functions which can be done uh, out of homes but wherever we feel that confidentiality is important companies are actually going ahead and pushing their employees to come back to work you know you mentioned non-metro cities and expansion as opposed to urban cities are interest levels towards building offices in non-metro cities seeing a substantial rise? You did so, say fleetingly, but my add-on question is, do you think that will reduce the infrastructure load on metros and that will lead to a more equitable growth? Uh, metro, uh, that's definitely not happening. The metros will keep uh, growing. But over the last uh, six to nine months, we have definitely seen uh, many companies look at uh, tier two cities. So 
cities like uh, Anagpur, Indore, uh, Jaipur, uh, Coimbatore, Vishakapatnam, Chandigarh. These are cities uh, which are coming back. The main reason for that is one, employees want to retain talent. People who have gone back to their uh, home territories, going, gone back to staying with their parents. One very interesting trend uh, which I've been hearing from companies. Uh, previously, when a graduate would pass out of a Chandigarh, Jaipur or a Lucknow, his first intention was to move out and go to a bigger city like Delhi. But today, the same graduate wants to stay back with his uh, parents, doesn't want to take the uh, headache of going to a metro, searching for a home, spending a lot of money. Uh, so the bonding, I've been hearing this from a lot of tech companies, the bonding between children and parents have actually uh, gone up uh, in the last uh, two years and uh, here to stay uh, for a while. Ramesh, would you have a fix on which are the sectors that are seeing the highest rate of return to office? Would you say telecom? Would you say consulting? And what is the percentage therein? 75 to 100%? Your comments, please. So, the sector which I've seen the most re entry rates uh, is the financial services uh, sector, uh, where the data confidentiality is uh, very important. Telecom and consulting, again, which needs uh, a lot of collaboration, where the client contact uh, is a uh, lot more. Overall, like I said, uh, we believe uh, today the re entry rates are anywhere between 40 to 50%, but some of these sectors in some of the regions have seen as high as 75% re entry rates. So, it's a matter of time, I think, before all the, all the industries reach that 70 75% mark. Wonderful. So the last one is always lifestyle and uh, your favorite travel or holiday destination. What do you most enjoy about the place? What were your activities there, Amish? So business travel keeps me uh, busy. So I try and combine uh, holidays uh, along with that. Uh, of late, the places I've liked, uh, Tokyo definitely a great uh, destination. Dubai, I travel often. I've uh, also taken a golden visa to uh, Dubai. Singapore, uh, I would say these are the three uh, travel uh, destinations. I, I shop when I go to these places. I uh, try and uh, eat in uh, well-known uh, restaurants. That's it. So those are the two things I do. You obviously are a fitness fiend or enthusiast or you have great metabolism because you haven't put on an inch over the years that I've seen you. <laughs> Just a little walk every day, nothing more. Actually, so. What kind of music do you enjoy listening to? Your favorite artists or bands uh, that you've you've liked over the sense of time? So I listen to all kinds of music, uh, Rishi, right from 60s to 70s to uh, Bee Gees to Elvis to Frank Sinatra to 80s pop, uh, 90s pop, 90s uh, rock. I, I'm, I spent half my life in uh, Chennai, so obviously grown up to uh, music of Vilay Raja and uh, A.R. Rahman. So all kinds of music, there's nothing uh, I can uh, off late. Uh, my daughter is uh, pushing me to listen to K-pop. So uh, that's also there in the playlist. So all types, nothing. The next time you're in, you'll say Blackpink is my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> BTS. Oh, BTS. BTS. <laughs> it's wonderful. Any concert or music performance that you went to recently or during your college days? I mean, like you said, Madras back then, Chennai now is a hub with Loyola and MCC and the rock festivals there. Anything memorable, please describe it. Very memorable uh, concert was 2005 when uh, Dire Straits came to Bangalore. And Mark Knopfler, uh, everyone has uh, heard uh, heard streets uh, when they're growing up that was definitely very uh, interesting that was great to see uh, you too in uh, Navi Mumbai I think that was 2019 uh, and that was uh, also good but I'll two concert and missed out in Mumbai uh, I, I thought uh, Coldplay and uh, and Brian Adams uh, I couldn't make it because uh, I was traveling both those uh, times but that's something I'll definitely miss out and I have uh, on my bucket list that I should watch uh, Coldplay somewhere in the world uh, very yeah, soon. they had just had a massive gig at Buenos Aires. Yeah. And given how much you travel, I'm sure you'll 
you'll find a connection in some city you're traveling to for work with a Coldplay concert. We wish I you well on that. What's your fashion sense? What do you like to wear in the boardroom when you're working, outside it when you're relaxing, Ramesh? So typically uh, in client meetings, uh, we go in suits and uh, ties, but uh, I always look forward to Fridays where I can jump into uh, smart casuals and then into casuals. Globally, uh, the suit tie culture is uh, slowly coming down, but uh, four days, uh, that's the uniform. Wonderful. Ramesh, I couldn't have asked for a more auspicious start to Minding My Business, the CEO story, season three, powered by Nucleus Office Parks, than having you on it. I was adamant. I'm so kind that you gave me your time and uh, you blocked it so much in advance. This has been a fascinating session. Thank you. Agreed. Catching up with you too, Rishi. Every Tuesday, 9 o'clock, this is where you need to tune in.